0: Gee, I don't know any person that's creative that has had to not learn about trademarks and copyrights.
1: Well, you know, all creatives are in luck today. We're going to talk with Roya Sayidi, and we're going to talk about the business side of being creative, like copyrights, trademarks, and brand protection.
0: Yeah, and a whole bunch more. Yeah, This is one of those discussions that virtually will benefit us all. Well,
1: this is gonna be a must-listen episode for us and our listeners.
0: Hi everyone, hope you're having a wonderful creative week. I'm Rod Jones and we celebrate what people love to do creatively by giving them a voice and we share with you how you can live a more creative and rewarding life.
1: And I'm Angie Jones. Welcome to Thought Row Podcast. We invite you to subscribe wherever you listen. And our episodes are always absolutely free to listen to. You can go to thoughtrowpodcast.com and listen to current and past episodes directly on the website if you don't want to download an app.
0: It's easy to do check it out
1: super easy
0: so why don't you tell us who our guest is going to be i know we chat about it for a second there
1: yeah just for a second but just just to let you know more about our guest um, her name is roya sayidi And she's the founder and CEO of Saidi Law. She's going to share with us her knowledge on how creatives and brands can protect their intellectual property and how best to achieve that through copyrights, trademarks, registered trademarks, patents, and service marks.
0: Yeah, and actually a heck of a lot more because we're also going to discuss how to protect your website's content, and your domains. Yeah. That's critical nowadays. Yeah, it really is. Okay, well, before we start, I want to hear your quote.
1: Okay, well, here is my quote for today. And it is, there is only one corner of the universe you can be certain of improving, and that is your own self. And that quote is by Aldous
0: Huxley. Oh, yes, yes. Uh- Brave New World. Great <laughs> yeah. book, nightmarish version of the future. True. And I tried to read that. I, I think I might have been in my teens whenever. I know mm-hmm. it was very difficult for me to read. Uh, didn't really understand it. Probably too many words there I couldn't pronounce. Um, I should have watched the movie, although I didn't know there was a movie.
1: Now, I, don't, I don't know if there is or not. But you know what's interesting about Aldous Huxley is he was nominated for a Nobel Prize in Literature nine times. That's a lot of times.
0: That doesn't surprise me. He's a very, very prolific writer, yes. philosopher. Yes. I suppose you'd call him an intellectual.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, he was pretty amazing. And in his early career, he published short stories, poetry, and he even edited a literary magazine, the Oxford Poetry. And this really surprised me. He did some travel writing and satire. And some screenplays. Did you know that about him?
0: No, I didn't. And I think the guy loved to write.
1: I think he did, too.
0: Yeah. The other thing that I did find surprising, though, is he spent a lot of time in California. In 1940, Huxley relocated from Hollywood, don't blame him, yeah. to a 40-acre ranch in the high desert uh, near the hamlet of Leno, California. It's, a, it's north of Los Angeles, and it's off the Pear Blossom Highway.
1: It is. It's near um, Pear Blossom, of course, and then Little Rock. So it's really, it's still a small, small town.
0: Yeah, recently, as you and I have driven through there, they Mm -hmm. kind of bypassed the old main road and put a four-lane highway in there. Yeah. But Pear Blossom Highway was made famous by David Hockney. Uh Uh-huh. He did that, uh, all the Polaroids of that highway. That's right. Yeah, and I had a darkroom assistant who absolutely loved it and was always trying to get me to see it somewhere. And I never got too excited about that because as I was growing up or when I was a teen and got my driver's license, a lot of us Mm -hmm. guys from high school would go up there and hang out along that highway. And kind of an interesting thing, I know I can't get anybody in trouble at this point, but uh, we would get a beer or two at the bar. So they would serve it to us. They weren't worried about it. We were responsible, of course, Uh, back then especially we were responsible. Um, It was it was a really kind of a neat time to be up there. And Mm -hmm. if you ever it's not that far from Los Angeles, if you have an opportunity to drive up in that area, it's still pretty interesting.
1: Mm -hmm. I think that's at the Getty, the Pear Blossom Highway. Oh, really? So, yeah, I think it's at the Getty.
0: Well, maybe we should uh, go see it. Yeah, I think we
1: haven't been there in a while. Although I've seen that,
0: although I've seen that a gazillion times, but you never know what else is going to be. Maybe you have a
1: different view of it now. You know what?
0: That there's some truth to that.
1: That's true. Okay, so let's move on to your Rod's motivational moment. So Rod.
0: Well, this is kind of this is kind (laughs) of tough. See, now you're putting me right behind Huxley.
1: Well, you know, I think it's you'll you'll. Say something really super motivational and interesting, I'm sure.
0: here we go. Yeah. Every path we take in life has a purpose, even though, if you're like me, you'll disagree with it more often than not. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you know... (laughs) We're often, I feel, at least I feel I've been, and and I think you feel the same way. Mm -hmm. We've kind of led in the direction that we feel we should go. And sometimes we jump right in and go, yeah, this is great. And other times we fight it or we start to see some success and then we don't trust it. So we peel off in a different direction and it doesn't seem to work out. And then all of a sudden it works out. It's really hard to follow what your true purpose in life is. I think many people spend their whole lifetime Mm -hmm. trying to find out what their purpose in life is. Um, I celebrate all those that manage to do it at a younger age because, you know, you hear about people that are in high school or even younger that know what they want to do and they pursue their career and they become very successful at it. And then we all have all met people that are, in their senior years and they're still trying to figure out what they want to do. Yeah. But you got to listen to that still voice inside. Uh, Angie and I have discussed that before.
1: Yeah. We discuss that often.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Cause sometimes things get a little cloudy when, you know, you're going through life and you know, you're like, I don't know, is this right? Am I doing this right? Cause things aren't happening or they're, they're happening in a direction that I'm, I'm not, Understanding why it's going there.
0: You know, I'm going to change something just here for a second. Yeah. I would like you, because I didn't really have an opportunity to totally absorb it, I would like you to repeat your quote.
1: Okay. The Huxley quote. Okay. Let me go back to my quote here. I have to find it again. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. There's only one corner of the universe you can be certain of improving and that is your own self. It sounds so simple,
0: doesn't it? It does sound simple, and it kind of follows up a little bit on what I was saying. Mm -hmm. You can always work on yourself. You could always try to better understand yourself. If you're a creative person, it's really important that you stay attuned to yourself. You connect with your emotions, et Mm -hmm. cetera.
1: Right, right. What do you think? I I think you're absolutely right.
0: Well, you know what I was going to say before I switched you back.
1: Yeah, you switched me here. Yeah. This
0: this world is completely connected through the Internet and social media. Mm -hmm. It's no wonder we step on each other. Creative people are generally under a magnifying glass, and it's important for them to protect their creative efforts.
1: You know, that's really true. And, you know, you've heard me say this probably a million times. Sometimes I feel like Instagram is like one big refrigerator with everybody putting their art and their their pictures and everything on it. And it's like, I feel like your brain sees all this. And I feel like sometimes people intentionally take things and then I think they unintentionally take things too because their brain has seen it and maybe a month later they go, oh, I have this great idea, but really they've seen it. Somewhere else.
0: Yeah, and sometimes they've seen it a million times too. Sometimes, yeah. But the other thing I want to say is this seems to become a little bit more pervasive in other countries. And again, it's hard to say if they're deliberately doing it or not. I know that one time I had someone take a piece of my art and put graphics all over the oh, top yes, of it I and called that, it their yeah. own. It took me a while to hunt that guy down, but I finally did, and I made him uh, cease and desist. And thankfully, he did. I mean, he, he actually could have said "too bad," yeah, um, and but he you did. Soon. So always always watch your stuff where you have it uh, exposed. And there are ways that you can deal with it if you have to, and I hope you don't have to deal with
1: right it. Right on. Right on. Well, before we bring on our guest, Roya, to discuss protecting our creativity, I want to make a comment to our listeners. Um, we always try to provide you with relevant information that can help you in your pursuit of your own creativity. Um, The guest we have today is someone we think who will be very helpful to you and, and your life.
0: I agree. Roya, welcome to the Thought Row podcast. I'm sure we all have questions about how to protect our intellectual property, like copyrights, trademarks, patents, all of that stuff. Yes.
1: Hi, Roya. So true. There are so many things involved in those topics for creatives, entrepreneurs, or anyone that wants to protect their name, brand, or product. It would be so helpful if we had a better understanding of what to do and how it works.
2: Hi, Rod and NC. It's great to be here with you today and just to share all this knowledge.
0: Yes. Well, we're happy that you are, and we know that you have quite a bit of information on this topic.
1: Exactly. But before we officially start the interview, we always ask our guests what they had for breakfast. So, Roya, what did you have for breakfast?
2: <laughs> I love that question. I had actually <laughs> a ginger <laughs> ginger green juice
1: and a tuna sandwich. <laughs> oh, wow. That's good. Yeah.
0: It's an, yeah. Ener- it's an energy breakfast well, you're for getting, sure. You're
1: getting all those good oils, so your brain's going to be working at a thousand percent.
0: Yeah, all that protein.
1: Exactly, Oh Omega-3. <laughs> <laughs> good for you.
0: Well, you know, why don't you share with us where you're originally from and where you grew up?
2: Okay, I am um I'm from Iran, raised in Sweden and currently living in Barcelona, Spain. And I got a little bit of news that is by the end of February I will actually be moving to LA. So I normally say I'm such a cocktail Marco Polo of the family
1: basically. Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, so you'll be moving to Los Angeles. How that exciting for you. It's going to be an
1: exciting change.
2: Yes.
0: Is that business related then?
1: It is, Uh, it's
2: business related. I am planning on setting up a branch actually there for my firm uh, in early April basically. Uh, But also just personally, I feel like I need to, I've outgrown Europe a little bit. I've lived in uh, London, UK, Amsterdam and even Munich. For a while, so mm-hmm. I just feel now it's it's just time to explore US, which I've never even been. So instead of just coming and visit, I am going with a huge bang and just moving. So that's how I do things.
0: Well, it'll be it'll wow. be a challenge. And it'll be exciting, and I'm that's sure that's going to be
1: an adventure. Yes, that's for I'm sure. sure you'll
0: be super successful at it. You know, you grew up in Iran, and do you have a favorite childhood memory?
2: Do and it, it involves actually Iran as well. So my favorite childhood memory would be when, uh, when I was actually able to visit Iran at the age of ten again for the first time again. And after I moved to Sweden, I family is so important to me and it's a huge part of my life. So just to be able to see my grandparents and cousins and relatives, it just I have I think that's my favorite childhood memory. And just that whole summer that we visited Iran for the first time was just such an amazing summer that I still till today reminisce and remember it so well. So I would say, yeah, my visit to Iran for the first time after I moved.
0: Oh, that's great! And such precious memories, really. Spend time with your relatives. That's I'm sure that's a precious memory for mm-hmm. you.
1: Well, you yeah. know. You know, before we get too deep into all the things people can do to protect their intellectual property, can you tell us a little bit about Sayadi Law?
2: Yes. Um, Sayadi Law is a intellectual property law that was created in the midst of the pandemic. Uh, I had worked for a IP law firm for about two years, and I realized there were a lot of things that I had learned within the legal sector, and that I wanted to change and improve for the better. Uh, things such as billable hours to fix prices, easy to understand processes, just take away the you know the guessing work and just have complete transparency. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, just have consultants within the legal sector um, that are called IP strategies. You see, when you uh, speak about law, lawyers know the law and don't mostly have a good understanding about the client's business as a whole. So they end up missing protecting the client's IP in an adequate way. So that is the reason um, I even created Sayavi Law, is to completely understand the IP portfolios of clients and Intellectual property, done right, needs to be protected in a proactive and holistic approach, which a person with a business background is needed for. So, having an IP strategist being the link between the lawyers and the clients is a gap that has been filled with Sayadi Law, and that's you know we help business entrepreneurs protect their brands, trademarks, copyrights, patents, and even. Uh, we have lawyers that draft the right contracts that needs
0: to be in place. Mm. Oh, very good. That's really you great. Know, you know, I never, you don't really ever think about that, but if you do uh, sit down with an attorney and you say, look, I need to have this certain protection mm-hmm. uh, related to their specific business model, right. then you have to explain to that attorney, unless he has previous experience in that area, and more often than not, he may not. You have to sit there and explain to him all about your business model and what you need to protect. But I guess if, if somebody reaches out to you, you can act as the gateway and provide them uh, with all the knowledge and, and share that with the uh, attorney. So they hit the ground running immediately. Is that correct?
2: Exactly. And the that's the purpose of it. To just take away the guessing and just for the client to explain everything because normally as you said, when you go to a lawyer, you need to explain everything in detail, what you need to be done. But a client doesn't know. So what we do as strategists, they audit the client's business and we are the ones who tell them what they need to be done and we take it to the lawyers and explain so they do the legal part. So that's, you know, there is a huge gap and with this we're kind of filling
0: that i think that's great because a, a lot of a lot of creative service. people like you and I, were talking about this earlier a lot of creative people don't know <laughs> what or why or how they need mm-hmm. to be protected which kind of leads me to my next question right. uh, why should people be concerned about protecting as you say their brilliant brands and ideas why why should they worry about that
2: yeah, if I would have a penny for every time I'm getting that question, um, I would be a millionaire. Seriously, yeah. That, is the,
3: yeah,
2: that is the number one question that I get most. And there's so many reasons I can line up, uh, but a few most important factors would be they would avoid putting themselves in financial risk uh, by having to rebrand or even worse, uh, getting into a lawsuit because of infringement. And infringement, it means basically operating with a brand that is registered and owned by someone else, for example. Oh, sure. Yeah. And secondly, I would also say, I mean, the peace of mind that gives a business owner, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Just that should be a very motivating factor, I would say. I mean, you put so much energy, effort, money into creating your business, just leave it unprotected doesn't really make sense. And um, there are actually few other positive factors uh, that could be, you can make money out of it by licensing it. And uh, it adds value to your brand. An example of that is Coca-Cola's brand value, for example, is 80. I think it's about 87 or 90 almost billion. Right. And mm-hmm. out of that 30%, yeah, and out of that, Thirty percent of it is there in their intangible asset, which is their IP asset.
0: So
1: interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you made yeah. you made one comment there. Well, you made several great comments, but one also I thought was really valid, uh, especially for our listeners, and especially for ng and I, is peace of mind.
1: Well, yeah, because like you said, yeah. you spend so much time, money, effort and everything going into your project or your product whatever and then all of a sudden to find out oh my gosh you're infringing upon somebody's, you know trademark patent whatever that can be really problematic
0: yeah and then, and then exactly the, yes. yeah the other thing you mentioned which i think is very valid is the licensing aspect if you have a trademark or registered brand Um, like you see that with football franchises or cartoon characters, they license those, uh, they can end up on a bottle of vitamins. (laughs) So licensing your name or your art or whatever, that could be kind of important.
2: Very true. Exactly, just think about Disney. Disney's making billions probably out of just licensing. (laughs)
3: Their
2: uh, characters and names.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The, way, the I don't need to tell you this, but the way that works is, let's say you're a T-shirt manufacturer and you want to start selling uh, T-shirts that have Liz, Disney characters, if you're lucky enough uh, yeah, to, uh, get, you, it, to yeah. get it, if you get a license on that, then you're making T-shirts with Mickey Mouse on it, and uh, they're getting their chunk of it, and you're making money off of it.
2: Exactly. And people are coming to your store to buy because it is a Mickey Mouse blow. or, or, you know, have the Mickey Mouse figure on it.
3: Mm -hmm. So you're
2: absolutely right. And something else that I just uh, remembered is that uh, also for businesses that want to bring on investors, Mm -hmm. they should, you know, think about it because investors normally invest in companies that have their IP protected. Mm -hmm. Because they know how costly it can be if you don't. So if you as a business owner don't take your brand serious by protecting it then i doubt that you know an investor would do that as well so this is something investors always make sure that you have in place as well oh
3: yeah that makes sense sense. for sure
1: you know i'm I'm gonna kind of revert back to creatives because that's um uh kind of the focus of our show here Um, It seems like one of the biggest issues, especially for creative materials, is copyrights. Can you tell us about what a copyright is and what it does to protect someone's work?
2: So copyright is one of the most important pillars of, you know, a creative, uh, I mean, creation, right?
3: Mm -hmm. It's
2: your creative work, such as uh, your blog posts, videos, photos. Books, course content, and or this podcast, for example,
3: <laughs> podcast yeah, that's right. content,
2: and so much more, and anything that is unique and creative can be protected by copyright. The thing about copyright is that you don't actually need it; uh, have it registered to have rights. You mm-hmm. automatically, autom- automatically, have rights the moment the work is created because that's how the co- copyright law operates. Right. However, you need a copyright registration if you want to enforce your rights in court, for example. So, if someone is copying you and you want to sue them, then mm-hmm. yes, you need a copyright registration, for example. And um, a copyright, for example, gives you the right for your the whole lifetime, your whole lifetime, plus. Depending on the country, for example, in the states, it's seventy years plus your lifetime.
1: Oh, interesting! So
2: for Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. he can collect royalties seventy years after his death, even.
1: Oh no! Kidding. Wow, that's really interesting. I didn't know. Yeah. That. But 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 I have a question though. So if you don't officially do your copyright, are you then not in a position to defend your? artwork or your writing or whatever?
2: No. So you need to register it. Um, I mean, in in court, to be able to, you need to prove that it is your content, right? Uh So you need to have a registration proof. And once you create that content, the person that creates it will have the proof. Because there's always a digital print nowadays, right? Uh Right. So uh, there is a trace. So you can always understand who was the first one who created something else to think about is if you have copied someone else's creation, Mm -hmm. you don't have copyright for that work as it's someone else's creation. In that case, even though copyright law automatically is, you know, something that you get protected with Mm -hmm. in this case, you're not because it is copied from someone else's work.
0: Okay, well that makes sense. Well let me ask you this. Let's uh, this is kind of an after the fact of copyright. I've created a piece of art, let's say, and um, and I put it on social media. And then I notice some people Which take we all it, do. Yeah, which yeah. and I've noticed some people or a person takes it and then they put it on their social media as saying that it's their artwork. But I haven't officially registered it uh, as a copyright can I do it after the fact can I run out and get it go through the legal part of it get the piece copywritten, and then go back to them and give them a cease and desist
2: yes you can do that and also with that is what you send the social media platforms, so they take down the copywriters, like the, the people that are copying you they take down their post
1: okay so but you do you have a right to, a to do that uh, yeah, okay. You can
2: do it because it's basically a proof that, you know, co- as copyright law is takes, you know, starts counting the moment your creation is made as soon as you can just register it. I doubt the person copying you have registered it. And even if they have, you're the one who can prove you were the first one.
3: So, okay.
0: Oh, I see. But That's good to know. That's very good to know because, unfortunately, on social media, uh, these and things in writing, do happen. Yeah, yeah, it, these it things happens. Do happen. You know,
2: yeah, it happens a lot.
0: Everyone has a website and a URL, which stands for Universal Resource Locator. That is your website address. I know this is something that you have helped people with. Tell us about what should be done to protect a web address.
2: So normally when you register a URL or your website, it's basically the name of your brand, course, name, product, or service that you offer, right? So if you want to have protection for that, then you need to register it with a trademark application. And that is done with the trademark office. Mm -hmm. And it's it's simple as this, basically. (laughs) You need to file a trademark application
1: okay okay for your url (laughs) oh wow okay i did not know that
2: because you you can actually i have a client right now you can add the dot com because it's the name right Right. you can add for example sayadila.com and i want to protect it that way and you protect it as a word mark just the name and it's a trademark protection
0: oh very interesting but it needs
2: to be connected with your brand
0: sure but that impacts virtually everybody. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It does, but the only thing is when you protect your trademark, there are 45 different clauses you can protect. Between. And let's say clause 1 to 35, it is anything to do, up to 35, is anything to do with products, And 35 and 45, it has to do with services. So if you are selling, let's say, Um, If you're creating a course, Mm
3: -hmm. then you
2: need protection in class 41 under the name um, Thought rope let's say. Mm -hmm. And then somebody comes and creates a clothing brand under the name Thought rope But both clients want to have the URL, right? Mm -hmm. But they're doing different things and they both have the registration. Even though they're not operating in the same sector, they both have the right. For that trademark
1: oh wow because so you would have to share it's, it's then right different
2: clause. you cannot share it's the one who registered it first the url that has the right for it because they still have a valid trademark and um,
1: filing for it as well okay that's good to know so, so they can't they can't kind of push m- their way into muscle your muscle in on you bogart their way it into is. yeah <laughs>
2: Exactly, because you do have, I mean, uh, isn't it uh, Dove? I think Dove is a chocolate brand as well as the soap brand, right?
1: Oh, yes, that's
2: <laughs> so true. Depending, depending on the sector, I mean, both can't actually use Dove.com. One of them can have it, but they're both ha- can have valid registrations because. If there is no risk of confusion. One is doing, you know, making chocolates; The other one is making soap. So there is nothing that can be confusing for the end customers.
1: Hmm. Two
0: different classes of trade.
1: Yeah, love the, both of exactly. those brands anyway. Um, you know, I know you touched on this briefly earlier but protecting your intellectual property why is that so important in the world today I mean it used to be easier to do when you were only trying to protect it in your own country but what is what are your thoughts on that
2: my thoughts would be well it's more important than ever because most people are doing business online nowadays thanks to the internet
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, Businesses are on different social media platforms, have worldwide shipping on their products that you often use mm-hmm. or offering services in any country. Mm-hmm. Taking this into account, it means you're actually actively selling in that country outside of where you live, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not like back in the days where we had a brick and mortar business and only sold out services or products in Our countries now, our products and services can be available to the people on the other side of the continent thanks to, well, online, uh, doing business online. So if you don't have your business protected in the countries you're active in, you Mm -hmm. could be trespassing on someone else's brand or trademark registration that is similar to yours.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that is what I mentioned before. And it's infringement. And something important that I think listeners would love to hear is that did you know that the average infringement cost businesses $150,000? Oh,
1: my goodness. That is
2: the average cost.
1: That is so much. <laughs> yeah. And I think, mo- like, if you just did it without knowing, And then get yourself into that situation, that would not be
0: very great. Well, it's very important to do your due diligence before you start, like we did. You really want to protect your name. But you know, there's so many
1: people now, they're trying to get into business for themselves that may not know this. Yeah. So, really valuable to know. Yes. And well,
2: most businesses, I mean, no business intends to intentionally build someone's work or we most of the time don't actually know when we create a brand that somebody else owns it maybe because right. we do a quick search on the internet as we think it's enough sufficient but most likely most of the times it's not actually sufficient because you have to do a really good search for it. I mean we don't intend to infringe but it happens more often than you can imagine Right uh, about 40, 50% of my clients are rebranding because oh. they cannot protect their
1: trademark. Oh my goodness. And that
2: is also costs and time involved.
1: That's a lot of people. So yeah. I guess everyone needs it, to like really evaluate has this been used and do their due diligence on their product and, and their business. Before they jump in,
0: yeah, and creative people are kind of lax in that area. I mean, they're busy being creative. Well, you get creative. a good idea, yeah, you want to
1: make it happen. You don't you know? want you don't
0: you don't pay attention to that as much as we all probably should. Right, exactly. I have a question for you about uh, you know a lot of times we see next to brand names, whether it be in print or uh, a sign somewhere, a circle R or a TM or an SM. What do all those mean, and why are they important?
2: Oh, I love that question as well. I actually have it explained on a post on my social media accounts. And when I normally enter a discussion, when people tell me that's how I started, I'm like, do you know the little R, the little (laughs) TM? That's what I do. (laughs) So TM stands for trademark, and SM stands for service mark. These two can be used by anyone. It's basically to point out that the brand you have is a trademark or service mark. However, the little R stands for registered, and it can only be used when you have a registered trademark. What's important to understand is that if you haven't officially registered your trademark and have approved a trademark from the trademark office, approved application, the use of the little R is actually illegal.
1: Oh okay so, so you have not. to be registered for real on paper.
2: Exactly. Okay. I I remember a client of mine last year we filed her trademark and he immediately just changed, you know, TM to R and I remember cuz this is what I mean with proactive work so yeah. <laughs> I went and I on her social media and I was like, "Oh no, and I gave her a call, I was like, please change the R to T M because it's still not approved. And that is actually illegal. <laughs> Even though we filed, right. We don't have it approved. It's not registered. Oh,
1: okay. That makes
0: sense. Yeah, though. you have to it go through sense. the whole process of getting it registered. Yeah, to become legal.
2: Yes. Okay. And that takes the timeline for getting a trademark registered now in the US mm-hmm. just exactly examinator to be able to look at it is up to six seven months
1: that is so long really wow it
2: used to be three months then they pushed it to five months but i have heard from attorneys that it's been a year it hasn't still gone to an examiner. so it's it, i mean a year <laughs> that is a long time to just wait and get it pushed to an examinator but they're busy because more than ever people are filing for trademarks
1: I could see that because there is a big surge of people just starting to do their own thing now. Yeah. And they would they would want to have that registered trademark. You know, speaking. Yeah. Of, COVID. yeah, yeah. COVID. And also, you know, <laughs> I think people are trying to be more entrepreneurial these days and and discovering that they can do really well. And they want to they want to yeah. pursue that. And that make that makes me go to the next question here. And um, I'm thinking about. If I came up with a brilliant idea for a new product and I don't want anyone to steal that idea, what are some of the first steps I should do?
2: Well, that is actually a patent protection. Okay. And patent is it's also an intellectual property uh, protection, but it's another type than trademark or copyright. So patents protect the ideas and innovations. The first step is to get in touch with a firm that can perform a search for the idea or innovation that you have, and see if there is an existing or a similar idea or innovation. That is basically the first step, because if it does, you won't be able to be granted a registration. Uh, then a patent application needs to be draft and filed.
3: Mm-hmm. However,
2: patents aren't as straightforward as trademarking your name, and it's much more complex and a lengthier process. So, the best way to go about it, honestly, is just to get in touch with a firm that can help you navigate through the steps. Okay. That is definitely my advice because it's a trademark you can file yourself. A patent, there is so much more uh, complex parts included if it's depending on the ideal innovation, you know, you need a patent attorney included who can actually look through and draft the application.
0: Yeah, it seems okay. like there's so many documents that you have to provide. I mean, you have to provide drawings to a, a, of what it is you created. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a lot involved. Exactly. And it probably for most people, um, it's easier, faster, and more efficient to just work with a patent attorney who knows what they're doing because you're going to go through a huge learning curve if you don't.
2: Exactly. And it's just, I mean, here... Um, you know, a patent process can take two up years, three years. Or so, in that case, if you're doing it yourself, it can take even more and you can miss things. And, you know, it's just a headache. So, it's the best thing is to just contact a patent attorney who can navigate and just tell you exactly how to proceed.
0: Yeah. And there are a lot of attorneys that just strictly, uh, that's their that's their primary business. That's what they do. They just concentrate on patent protection, so they really thoroughly know it and understand it. And it's not necessarily something you would take to a uh, an attorney that's not a patent attorney.
2: Exactly, no, they need to be a patent attorney because a trademark attorney doesn't know how patents work. Yeah. So it needs to be specialized patent attorney.
0: Okay, great. You, uh, and thank you for that. Uh, we learned that your business model is to help people protect their brands. That's what we've been chatting about. Yeah. And their intellectual uh, property and their business law. Could you define the business law aspect of this for us? Uh,
2: yes, of course. Uh, the idea for us is to proactively and holistically protect our client's business by first making an audit and then inform them what kind of protections they need. And um, when it comes, as I said before, when it comes to intellectual property, um, we mean trademarks, copyright, patents, and business law, uh, we refer to contracts they need to have in place to be protected. And well, with contracts, uh, what I mean is, for example, Everyone has a website, right? So they need to have a privacy policy in place. Right. So we have attorneys and privacy policy is actually something required by law. So we have attorneys who draft these privacy policies for legal notice, cookie policy, and depending on the client's business sector they work in, they also need different types of contracts between suppliers, employees, Contractors to protect themselves or to even get paid. And so that is what our, the attorneys within the firm do. They draft uh, also contracts.
3: So we have
2: IP, which is the trademarks and copyright and patents. And Mm -hmm. then we have contracts, which is the drafting of, you know, to make sure you're, you know, protected in a different way.
0: Perfect. That makes sense. What's your question? I like your question. Well,
1: you know, from our earlier conversations with you, as you know, our listeners are creative people and whether it be in business or specific creative talent, um, what would be your number one advice that you would give to our listeners that want to protect their intellectual property or brand?
2: Oh, that's a tough one. There's so many advice that I would like to give. But my number one would actually be simple, as simple as just before doing anything with your business, such as buying your domain, launching your campaign or product. As soon as you have the name, just perform a comprehensive search Mm -hmm. for that name on the internet, social media accounts, in the registered trademark database to check if anyone else is operating within the same or similar name. Because if they are for, you know, if they are, infringement is very high. Most people miss the search or they do a search that is not adequate because they don't really know what similar trademarks can be considered infringement. So it always Best to have a professional perform the search to make sure you're not at risk if you don't
0: know how to do it yourself. Okay, great. So the, sense. Search,
2: yeah. the search. <laughs> the search. Searching. It. Okay, yet.
0: perfect. Um, I noticed on your website that you have a trademark registration roadmap that people can download for free. Oh, yeah. How, how can that help someone that needs to do a trademark?
2: The roadmap is well, it it's created to help you basically know which steps to follow in order to check the boxes for a bulletproof protection, as I like to say it.
3: Yeah.
2: And one that, one that, um, guarantees that your application will be successfully registered if you follow the steps.
0: Oh, perfect. Cause
2: that, that, those uh, steps are actually the steps we follow when we file a trademark. So that is just to follow those steps. And it's gonna actually guarantee you a, you know, a hundred percent. If you each step, you need to also consider that there are steps within the
1: you know steps. right well,
3: but it's
2: going to guarantee for anything, you a registered segment
1: anything that's going to make it easier and if you if, like it on your website if you download this are free it actually gives you step-by-step mm-hmm. instructions on what you need to do at least to and, be thinking about yeah and and where to go because i think a lot of times people don't know what to do so that's exactly perfect. i mean
2: the first step it starts with the name literally the name you have chosen for your brand mm-hmm. if it's uh, descriptive, you cannot get a trademark application for it. I see. Because if it's exactly describing what you're doing,
3: right.
2: um, then it's considered, I mean, everybody's allowed to use that. So it's considered you're just describing your services. So that's not something you can be granted a trademark for. Hmm,
3: interesting. So that's
2: literally the first step to think about the name you have chose. So it's not generic and descriptive. Because generic and descriptive names aren't really names that you can put. Yeah,
0: especially oh, if it's part of common language. <laughs>
1: yeah, if it's yeah,
0: like if your business exactly. is "I love sweets," well, I you, don't know that you can do that. No, yeah. because everybody loves sweets. Right. Exactly.
1: Well, you know. Well, it depends. If it's a tech,
2: if it's a tech product, you can. It's just like Apple, right? Mm-hmm. Apple has registered. Uh, I mean, tech product in in. They don't sell uh, apples, right? So they they are allowed to use apple as a tech product. So I love sweets. If you're not selling sweets, you can actually get it, and um, depending on what kind of product. Or service
0: you're offering. Oh, well, that was a brilliant answer. Thank you for that. That is such a
1: good answer. That's a
0: great answer. because yeah. I would have never. I just. I know if it's a generic, say everybody uses part of common language, but and they didn't go, really,
1: yeah, too generic. can Yeah, but can't I didn't
0: realize it. that if I love sweets, technologies, where we sell uh, ion exchangers. We probably could get away with that. Ion exchangers. Yeah, really. find something to sell. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> another, another. Those are actually very good and strong trademarks because they're actually used in paragraphs, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so Jaguar, they they sell cars, but Jaguar is also an animal. So that's also a, a very good thing because everybody knows Jaguar, but they are associating it with you know baths and car and luxury exclusive mm-hmm. so depending on the class it, it you 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 know if it's not descriptive in that service you're doing so you couldn't be protecting jaguar
0: well that's quite brilliant because if you do a google search on jaguar you're going to get the animal uh, zoos and <laughs> you're going to get the car
1: that's it yeah <laughs> that's all
0: and the dealer that sells them
1: Right, in your area. Yeah, in your right. area. <laughs> in your area. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, well, we talked about domain names earlier. Um, what can someone do if someone is trying to squat on their name and demanding lots of money uh, for you to purchase it? Is there anything you can do about that?
0: Good question.
2: Uh, that's a tough one because it depends on the situation and circumstances
3: mm-hmm.
2: but uh, if we can ad- identify it's a spotter and that they only have bought it bought the domain to make money out of it or by reselling it and if the client has a trademark registration for that we can through different strategies uh, acquire that domain so the or, or even be able to, in that case, negotiate the price to bare minimum and not the usual $20,000, $30,000 uh, the squatters once permit. Um, so as I mentioned, it also depends on if it's active or not. But as you mentioned, it's, it's someone who is trying to squat on that name. Yeah. Then yes, in this sense, if we can identify their squatters, and the client has, I mean, you need to have a trademark registration for it.
1: Okay. If that's, you
2: don't. That's um, good to know. Then it's going to be difficult.
1: Yeah. It's good to know.
2: So, then, yeah, in that sense.
1: Okay. So, there is something you can do if it's, you're not just kind of trapped and being held hostage.
2: <laughs> no, um, you can definitely. I've had people, because I, I own a few domains. I think we all have. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. 20, 30 in our portfolios, oh, yes. but I, I remember people are um, squatters. They actually contact me and they're like, I can sell you this for 30,000. And I was like, I'm not going to worry. Once I have it registered in the U.S., I will have the right for it. So there is something I can do because it's basically a squatter. And I have the proof of the email as well that shows that he just wants to sell it to me.
0: Yeah. Okay. You know, one of the services your firm is uh, offers is monitoring. Tell us what that service mm. entails.
2: Monitoring is to basically monitor your intellectual property rights, uh, your trademark, slogan, domain that you register uh, as your trademark. So, when you register your trademark, the responsibility lies on you as an owner to maintain exclusivity. So, we would set up a monitoring service for the exact and similar trademark. And when someone files a trademark anywhere in the world, we would be notified and therefore have a say in their registration and eventually oppose on their application. So monitoring is actually crucial to maintain your exclusivity. I always say, what's the point on having a trademark? if you are going to let others register or use it as well, it loses value, and if you don't enforce your rights, you might even end up losing your trademark due to it being broadly used. So it ends up being generic, and that's what we spoke about a little bit as well, about being generic and people using it broadly.
0: Okay. Well, uh, you know, having monitoring that is something that we don't necessarily have time to do. But if there is somebody doing it for us, I can see where that would be really helpful. helpful. Yeah, I have a follow up to that. Uh, We know that your firm is based in Spain. And uh, how can you address the needs of people that live in other countries or in the United States, like where, where we are, for that matter? I think that's where we are today.
1: Yes, that's where we are. Okay. <laughs> and you
0: actually, you soon will you soon will be here yes. yourself. Um,
2: exactly. So how do you handle that? So, yes, we are based in Spain, but we have today clients from all over and can protect our clients' IP anywhere because we have partnerships set up everywhere. Also the IT strategies within the firm are specially trained on global IP law to be able to handle clients global portfolios. And again, as mentioned, we are also setting up a place in LA so soon we will be there as well. But it works perfectly because we we're also a firm so everything is
1: handled digitally
0: okay that makes sense
2: mm-hmm.
1: right well you know i think we're now to the portion of the show that we ask um all of our guests this question and i'm always fascinated and so is rod uh, uh what their answer is and that is if you could sit on a park bench and chat with anyone from the past who would it be
2: Oh, that's a tough one as well. Um, As I mentioned from the beginning, my family is very important to me.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: So
2: it would be my uncle who died very young at the age of thirty-four back in
1: nineteen. I
2: was yeah. It it was a a a sudden car crash, and I was fifteen at that time. And I always remember he made me think for myself. And I used to have these amazing long chats with him. So it's a very happy place for me. And he's the one I would like to sit on that park bench with, I would say.
1: Oh, I could see that. That That is such a sweet answer. And I could see wanting to go back and and have another chat with him at least one more time.
0: Well, especially seeing how he had such an impact on you, probably at a, at a stage in your life when you needed somebody to chat with, that could encourage you and, mm-hmm. and make you think.
2: Yeah, that I think that's, I mean, coming from an Iranian culture, there are certain rules and regulations we need to follow. I mean, right. I'm completely opposite than that because we we're raised to be either doctors or, you know, sure. <laughs> the typical um, engineers or something. But this is what I loved about him. He was this kind of like, you do you, you think, but that was in, in that age, it was just so different and he was very different. And I love that. So I think that
1: right. is definitely. Okay, that's really a great answer.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. Um, well, this is a part where I don't necessarily like, but we have to I wrap know. this up. So Roya, both Ingie and I were really excited to have you as a guest because you addressed many of the scenarios that can have a positive or for that matter, a negative impact on someone's intellectual property. You shared so much with us today.
1: Yes, I agree with Rod. And for everyone listening out there, if you'd like to know more about Roya or her company, we will have links for her under the show guest tab on ThoughtRowPodcast.com. And you can learn more about her and connect with her on social media and check out the website, of yeah, course. Yeah, for
0: sure. Check out her website. It's, uh, it's very informative and you'll learn a lot. And the services that she offers are exceptional. Right. And apparently by listening to this podcast she knows her stuff. She really does. Yeah.
2: <laughs> thank you very much for having me on the podcast and it's always a pleasure to be able to share my expertise and help out. So the pleasure was all mine and thank you.
0: Okay, well, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye, Bye Raya. Raya.
2: Bye for now. Bye.
0: I'm really glad you tuned in today. We hope you enjoyed the thoughts and ideas we shared with you.
1: We post a new podcast every week, so remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Also, if you're enjoying our podcast, both Rod and I would really appreciate you buying us a cup of coffee. Just go to thoughtrow.com, scroll down a bit, and you can find that link right on our website on the homepage.
0: It's really easy to do, by the way. Yes, it is. Um, And all the money we receive goes to our production costs. Yep. And primarily because we want to keep our show commercial free and we want to continue to bring you the best quality content with great guests. That's
1: right. Thank you for listening to Thought Row Podcast. So it's bye for now from my husband, Rod, and I wishing everyone a great day.